360 degrees. Hop high, 360 degrees. Hop high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. Hop high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to you settlers as Berkeley. Well, the election is now nearly two weeks behind us, and final results have rolled in. Tonight, we will hear about some big changes out in Antioch and why it's important to vote in your local elections. Joining us will be the new mayor-elect, Lamar Thorpe, and the new vice mayor-elect, Monica Wilson. We'll also hear from local residents on how they are feeling after it looks like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be our next president and vice president. And we're going to mix this all up with some great music. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host for the hour, Free Will and Franklin. Stay tuned to the biggest, the baddest, the most OGEist, doing it since 1949, KPFA. And this is a day of independence for all the munskins and their descendants. If any, yes, let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. <laughs> Trump is no longer our president, so how are you feeling today? I think the first thing that I would like to recognize and celebrate is the loss of Donald Trump. Woo. Yes, absolutely. There's, there hasn't been a more blatantly obvious time, like a need for change. And even though electing Joe Biden isn't the change that I necessarily wanted, I'm glad that we've taken out the person that has you know, represented and stood for 
all the hateful and uh, discouraging things. And even though it looked, it's, it seemed so out of reach and difficult because of all the ways that we've been oppressed, um, we were able to do it. I still wish it wasn't Joe Biden, I wish it was Bernie Sanders, obviously. But um, I do feel that way. And I feel that way with um, the local elections too. Um, just a lot of feeling of hope. You know, I still can't really believe it. I think I still need to process it. Maybe in a couple, I hate to say it, but until January 2021, maybe I'll really be confident in um, having President Joe Biden as president. You know, I'm feeling um, relieved. That's one uh, feeling, but um, just a little bit somber. Uh, I, I, I know that our country has gone through so much in this last year, and uh, today's victory was kind of like celebrating your birthday four days after you had it, you know what I mean? It didn't have its same luster, uh, but I am ready for change, and I'm ready to be a part of that, more importantly. You know, I believe that our leaders and who we choose are important, but God dog it, we got to do our piece. And I'm so excited that from um, a national standpoint, we have now made a decision in this country that people did not expect. And locally, we're going to be making change as well. So I'm just thankful and I'm grateful. And this morning was the first time I actually cried over an election. That it never happened. And to me, that, that said something to me about where we are in this country. So I'm proud to be here. Yeah, it's a great day. I'm feeling very hopeful. I mean, it's very hopeful that all voices are going to be heard, that things are going to get taken care of. It's, you know, like the song we were just hearing earlier, it's a lovely day. It's, it's just, this is great. This is, it's, we're back on track. I feel like we're back on track and I feel collectively the country's like, okay, we had four years of this chaos. We all now want to come together and just make everything better. Make, you know, our lives better. Make it better for everybody, regardless of, who you are, where you come from, or your status, it's gonna be great for everybody. So I'm excited. Um, I heard a quote earlier today that was so awesome. Somebody said, ladies, watch out for the glass on the ground. At first I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, cause Kamala shattered that glass ceiling. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, watch out for the glass on the ground because the glass ceiling has been broken. So I'm feeling good, yay. Again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices of KPFA's First Voice Apprenticeship Program. And yes, let's take a moment to celebrate. We deserve it. It has been a long, unnerving four years under President Trump. But let's not be fooled. Let's not be fooled. Joe Biden is a standard career politician. For myself personally, I have been on the streets along with thousands of other Americans holding all presidents accountable for myself since shock and awe and George Bush. I have a feeling Joe Biden will be no different. I'm sure I'll be in the streets at some point in the next four years. Democracy is a participatory government, not a spectator sport. I believe it is up to us to keep the pressure on our elected officials, whether they be on the national or the local level. And those voices you heard just a moment ago in that music mix were recorded at an impromptu watch party where local folks from Antioch safely gathered to watch the president and vice president-elects speak for the first time 
since the boat was called for them. But up next, I want to take us back to Wednesday of last week. It was one day after the election, and nobody knew who would be president. It was back and forth, and there was uncertainty in the air. Kind of like there still is right now, to be honest. But anyways, I went out on the porch where I hang out a lot and talk with my neighbor. And on this occasion, we talked about how she was feeling and how she was dealing with the uncertainty of the presidency. She starts by introducing herself. Check this out. Okay, so I'm Leslie, and my last name is May. I am a 68-year-young black woman. I am a therapist here, um, psychotherapy, and um, I've been in Antioch for almost five years now. And I'm also very active. I am uh, a commissioner on the Contra Costa County Mental Health Commission, and I'm co-chair of that commission. I work with a lot of the different uh, organizations out here with homelessness, um, with, of course, mental health, um, trying to make changes and improvements in Contra Costa County as a whole. All right. And she's my neighbor, and we share a driveway, and we like to hang out and talk on the porch a lot. So (laughs) it's the day after the election, like I said, and we don't know what's happening. First, let me just get how are you feeling after, like, last night, going to bed last night, or did you? (laughs) And then how are you feeling today, this morning? Well, last night I, I sat up, and I guess around... 1030. I said, I'm calling it. I'm going to bed. And then I I told my daughter, I said, you know what? Last time I did this, I woke up and was in a deep depression because Trump had won it. So this time I just wasn't feeling that way. I just felt like my spirit was telling me it's going to be okay, Leslie. It's going to be okay this time. So I went to bed feeling positive and, um, I'm continuing to feel that way. I'm still very nervous. I took off work today, um, more so because of the threats I've seen um, on different social media sites about uh, being attacked, Um, and especially people of color that uh, they're threatening to attack. So I took off today. Well, let me get into that a little bit, because as a black woman, you have children, uh, daughters, you have grandchildren. What have you felt like over the last four years and you know recently uh, we've had the George Floyd um, thing and all the uprisings that's come with that so these last four years after you woke up that day in that deep depression what has been your experience and what have you felt over these last four years of President Trump my experience what I felt is fear what I felt is anger what but mostly fear because as a 68 year old black woman educated but with uh, physical disabilities, I I didn't know what he was going to cut. Um, I work, but I also, of course, have Medicare, and that helps with my medical coverage. Um, I also thought about my, I talked with my, my adult daughters and my uh, adult grandchildren, and I felt a compelling spirit to just talk with them every day. I just needed to text or talk with them because I feared for their lives. I feared especially for my male adult grandson um, because I didn't know I would get that call. I never knew. So what I've experienced is just a lot of turmoil in my spirit. Um, The killings of George Floyd, the killings of 
all these people, Breonna Taylor, I mean, in the bed, I felt it that way. And in this neighborhood, there are some people that really have shown that they, their hatred for me. I've had to take a neighbor to court because of um, incidents against me, racial incidents. And so the climate is not good in this area um, for a black person. And um, I felt it, but it's not good anywhere. This is, this is fear in the air. But, and if he comes, I can't. I won't even say the words about if he wins this. Well, let me get your take on the actual split of the vote because it looks like a lot of people, even more so than last time, actually voted for Trump again. What's that got you feeling like that there is that many people, even it looks like more women even turned out for uh, white women have more turned out for Trump this year? Because I see a lot of people are feeling like, dang, there's even more people that are voting for this. What's that got you feeling like? Well, that's got me feeling like this. I mean, it's looking at the fact that they see power going away from them. Um, white America, a lot of white America, has been this way. They, they feel like they're, they're in power. And now you have more advocates, more political, political climate has changed. You have more people fighting against this. You have, uh, look at what they want to do, police department reforms, uh, which is greatly needed. Um, all these things. So this is a vote for their power, their seemingly power over everyone. And so that's why you see this huge shift. I look at that, what we see these people are what they call panic buying, like they did the toilet paper. We're panic voting. We're about to lose our power. We're about to, to be now the, the minority. And we can't do that. So we're just going to vote him back in. Then you see a lot of people voted for him because they make a lot of money and they have not had to pay taxes. Just us working class now are the ones paying the most taxes. So you find them, you find quite a few black people uh, that are actors and people who've made money. And they voted for Trump because, like they said, we, we got a tax break. Well, let's talk about what we're hoping for here. Um, judging by your signs, you got stop the Donald and a Biden-Harris uh, sign out front. So what are you actually hoping for if uh, the president, Joe Biden, becomes a reality? I'm hoping for the change that this world needs. See, it's not, it's more than just us. It's more than the United States. Every other country is looking at this election just as hard as we're looking at it. I believe it was Canada or another country stated that how our election goes is going to have a great impact on them. As of today, I believe we are officially out of the Paris climate group. Officially. That is unbelievable. Um, we don't have any allies, other countries. You know, it's like he's left us stark, raving naked, the United States. He, the jobs are just, have disappeared. Everything, he's left us the most weakened country almost there is now. So with Joe, I'm hoping to see some calm come to this country. I'm hoping to see the morals 
come back to this country. I'm hoping that he mends the relationships with other countries so that we can get back into the climate control so we have allies and strengthen us. So, yeah, he's left us pretty bad. Well, let's move on a little bit to some local politics because you also have a Tamisha Walker and Lamar Thorpe sign in your yard. And it's looking like uh, Lamar Thorpe may be the second African-American man to be the mayor of Antioch. Um, The first being Wade Harper, who was a a former police officer who did one term. But um, Lamar stuck his neck out this year and went for the mayoral uh, run. Um, How are you feeling about what it looks like for Lamar Thorpe? I'm very pleased. I actually called him this morning at 713 this morning to congratulate him on his win uh, as mayor of, of Antioch. I also asked him to contact Monica Wilson, give her my number so I can also congratulate her. Um, he says she will be his vice mayor. So I think that is uh, a record breaker because it's the first African-American female vice mayor. Um, I'm so very pleased, and I believe he's going to bring the changes to Antioch that need to be made and not just be all talk. What was your feelings towards the the end of campaigning when you seen some of these negative ads that Mayor Wright had done because Mayor Wright kind of turned a corner this year, and I think he lost a lot of people with his negative ads and his attacks on Lamar and his unwillingness to meet with protesters. Um, what was your feelings about some of these um, things you saw from Mayor Wright? I was disgusted. As a matter of fact, I sent him an email. I put it on next door telling him, what is this? We've taken this down to the gutter level. You're smearing people's names. And the smear job he was doing on Lamar and Monica was horrific. The two black council people, he was smearing them terribly racism he stoked racism in this in this city everything he did was racially motivated and smearing and then when he called the police on the uh young people that were doing a sit-in and he did a facebook live saying they're at my office beating on my door i fear for my life i fear for my life we're talking children kids you know they're kids but not itty bitty kids but kids these are like high school and first year college kids from Antioch yeah and it's like why would you do that all they were doing was wanting to talk to him they were not breaking down his door and of course the police came up there were no rest do you think the negative campaigning had an effect because I do know that um, one of our neighbors down here um, after the negative campaign ads came out pulled up for Sean Wright sign and stuck in a Lamar Thorpe sign. So what are your thoughts on like what his negative campaigning may have had and what it may have done to some people? Um, it turned people off. And what they did, like you said, somebody pulled up their, pulled up his sign and put Lamar Thorpe. It lit, it opened up the eyes. What people don't understand, Antioch has been known as a, well, East County as clan territory for many, 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 many years. But there has been change, and there are a lot of people of all races that moved out here in this area because of the cost of living and everything. They'd rather fight with the commute, but the cost of living. So there was a lot of people that were offended by this, 
and actually he pulled his own cover off of him to show how racist he was. And they're like, no, no, we're not having this. So it changed people. And as you see it with the election results, Lamar is now our new mayor. And I expect big things out of him. I I feel good. I think, um, I believe Biden will be our next president. And, um, our Madam Vice President will be Kamala Harris, and I will have my victory party right here in our driveway. All right, and I'll be there with you. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you. Clouds seem to follow me. Alcohol that my pop swallow bottle me. No apology. I walk with a bold on my shoulder. It's a cold war. I'm a colder soldier. Hold the same fight that made Martin Luther the king. I ain't using it for the right thing. In between lean and the fiends, hustle and the schemes. I put together pieces of a dream. I still have one. I got a dream. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA and KPFA.org. That was, I have a dream that we're going to work it out. out. <laughs> that was, I have a dream by Common. And before the music break, you heard my neighbor, Leslie, and myself talking on the porch last week. Something I think America needs to do, hang out on the porch and talk to their neighbors. Maybe we wouldn't be in such a, a mess out here. Anyways, and we ended that conversation talking about local politics. I feel like a big winner personally, this go around in local politics, the mayor I voted for, the city council I voted for in my district, other council members I wanted, even the city clerk and the school board. So many of the local people I hoped would win actually did. So out here in Antioch, where I come from, and record this episode of Full Circle, we got a new mayor and a vice mayor from our city council. I was actually able to sit down with both of them for a conversation about their feelings on their victory and their plans moving forward. Before we hear that interview, though, let's listen to their impromptu speeches giving at the Biden-Harris watch party at the Antioch Community Center. Then we'll go into the interview. Check it out. Speech, speech. Oh, I gotta get my little speech. Okay. 
Um, America. Yeah. America. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Come here, Monica. You may not be aware, but in Antioch, if you run for city council, the person with the highest percentage becomes the vice mayor. Yes. And so, Councilwoman Wilson has been on the, she's our longest serving council person. Our first African-American woman councilwoman. Yes. And she will now be our vice mayor. And uh, she has come along. We have been side by side, yep. literally since I moved to this city much. eight years ago. Yep. I was like, I don't know who to vote for. I'm going to look up these candidates. I reached out to Monica. We met at McDonald's. <laughs> she said, I need help. I don't know how to run a campaign. And it just so happened, I did. <laughs> and so we teamed up, and uh, and we made and we made history. Teamwork. Yes. So that's teamwork yes. makes teamwork. the dream work. Yes. I'll be honest. I was not going to run for mayor. It was because of people like Monica who encouraged me to run for mayor. And so, so I'm, I'm excited. So tonight we toast to our new vice mayor. Uh, to the new president of the United States, Joe Biden. The new Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. And to our new mayor. And I also made history, I found out. Turns out that no one in the history of Antioch has ever gotten so many votes for the race for mayor than I have. <laughs> that no one's ever beat 15,000, and by the time it's all over, I'll be close to 19,000 so with that, we toast to a new beginning. Yeah! 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 I don't even know what to say. This is a it's a great day in our country. Four hard years that we all worked very hard <laughs> to make sure we have a government that truly works for us. So this is a great day for our country, a great day for Antioch. We fought. We fought the hard fights. We fought the fights that people yeah. told us not to have. Yeah. That people don't have that fight. It'll work against you. But we fought the fight. We first started fighting the fight for more funding for other services, in particular for our youth. Yeah. yeah. And for homeless. On Measure yeah. W, we had to fight that fight. Why are you, you know, why are you gonna divvy up this money? Why are you taking it away from law enforcement? We're like, we just want to make sure our other services are more than overfunded to provide services for others out there. We fought that fight. We fought the fight for cannabis when everybody fought against us. And we had to say, wait, stop. 70 some odd percent in our community voted for that. So we need to listen to our community. We fought for that. We fought for the ad hoc. We fought for the ad hoc committee just to organize so we can have the conversation so we can move the city from the 20th century into the 21st century. Yes. We fought for that. Yes. And we're going to continue fighting. Yes. This is yes. not over. Yes. Yes. This is not over. Yes. So I am thrilled and honored to be reelected again. I'm thrilled and honored that the people felt confident and overwhelmingly coming out and voting yes. for me. And, yes. and now I'm the 
the vice, uh, your vice mayor elect. And I'm excited that Lamar did run for mayor and won <laughs> and, fought, and fought a good fight. Yes. yes. To quote Michelle Obama, when they go low, we went high. Yeah. He fought on merit. He fought on the work that he has done and the work that he wants to do in the future. Not petty little things, but let's not dwell, dwell on that. So uh, I'm gonna just cut it now and say a toast to the new future of Antioch. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Pre Will and Franklin, and those two speeches were given at an impromptu Joe Biden and Kamala Harris watch party at the Antioch Community Center on Lone Tree Way in Antioch um, this past Saturday. They were given by my next two guests here, uh, Mayor Elect Lamar Thorpe and Vice Mayor Elect Monica Wilson. So, first off, you guys, let me just say congratulations to you both. I feel like this is very exciting for Antioch personally. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Let's talk about what this means to you both. You both have been on the city council for a number of time, a number of years. Monica, you're one of the longest serving African-Americans, longest serving. All right. So <laughs> um, we got some history here. Let's just start with you, Lamar. How are you feeling about being elected Antioch's next mayor? Well, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll also mention that Monica is, um, well, she's our longest serving council person. So she, in effect, will kind of be our, the dean of the city council because uh, <laughs> she is, uh, she's been there the longest. Uh, so we'll look to her, uh, to her uh, steady hand uh, for guidance and, uh, and leadership as well. Definitely. And so for me, I'm just excited that, uh, you know, this is part of the democratic process. Uh, elections are effectively uh, a microcosm of the conversations that we have in our homes, uh, but we actually get to put them into effect on election day when we, we when we all act as citizen legislators. And the people have said yes to police reform. They have said yes to housing the homeless. They have said yes uh, to youth programs and a host of other issues that we discussed during the campaign. And that's critically important. And that's what I think um, our victory signals. All right, and we're we're gonna um, talk about some of those things. And Monica, uh, the you got some amazing votes, so the highest percentage um, per district gets to be the vice mayor. So how has that got you feeling about being the vice mayor after all this work you put in? You've been here um, so long and worked so hard. Congratulations again, and how's that got you feeling? Well, thank you. So I'm excited, you know, to get. I think as of right now, I'm at 56 percent of the vote in uh, my district. So overwhelmingly, the the residents of District 4 uh, really liked what I had to say and, and, and felt confident in the message I was I was putting out there. So it was really good to you know, listen to all the voices, not just the social media voices or not just a particular group, but listening to all the voices and really, you know, re really developing a, a plan of action or a platform that addresses um, addresses the issues that I was hearing about the most. So I'm excited. <laughs> Well, let's get into what we uh, what you want to plan on doing with the city, you guys. Um, we, like most cities, have plenty of issues to keep you all busy. But let's start on something that you've worked on a lot, Lamar, and that's um, homelessness. You've been on the forefront of this issue as a city council person. Both of you have worked very hard. Um, Lamar, you worked with uh, Joy Mott from District 1, formed that ad hoc committee. Um, you've met with advocates 
our unhoused brothers and sisters themselves, business owners, and the community in general. You know, you've done so much. You've brought people into the hotel. And that was something our former mayor, Sean Wright, wasn't a big supporter of. So what is next for our unhoused community? And then, Monica, you could add in, too, after Lamar. Well, you know, we've we've done a lot of talking and we've done a lot of learning and exploring. Um, I think um, uh, I used every instrument I had available to me as a council member. And so we did ad hoc committees. But at the end of the day, you know, the mayors control the agenda. And so, you know, I think we'll see less ad hoc, less ad hoc committees and we'll see uh, more proposals at the city council level so we can continue to push things forward because I get to develop the agenda. And so we will do that, particularly around the homeless bridge housing proposal. We will bring that to council to make sure that we can get it moving forward. And if we have to look at things like tiny homes, we don't have to have a committee now. We can just put it on the forefront and, and vote on it and, uh, and give clear direction to our staff as to where we want them to go. And Monica, how about you? Because District 4, we were talking before Lamar got here, you have a little bit different issues um, way out on the south end of Antioch with homelessness and other issues. So how are you feeling about um, the homeless issue and working with Lamar coming up? You know, I'm I'm excited um, that this is an issue that we're going to put to the forefront. I mean, I've always been an advocate for those that don't have a voice or those who uh, really need people to stand up and step out and, and talk for them on their behalf. So really... You know, th- working on solutions with homelessness um, and those who are who within the homeless community are affected by other things. A lot of people don't realize a lot of our homeless are um, victims are victims of uh, human trafficking. A lot of times, that's who a trafficker preys on. So, looking to the opportunities to be able to help this population, but also provide them services of um, of the help that they they need, whether it's legal help, medical help, um, you know, rehabilitation, really, you know, doing what we can to provide them the tools that they need to to help themselves because you just can't ask you just can't go up to somebody and go get a job and they're like I don't even know what the first thing I need to do so you know really providing resources to help them get to where um, they want to go or where they need to be wow this is so exciting to hear all this coming from um two city officials here all right well let's talk about um a serious issue that you all know that I've been a part of and that's the police accountability and reform issue It's been a hot button issue across the United States. As we know, we're not immune here in Antioch. And as you both know, since the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, really a long list of others, there has been a reinvigoration of uprisings across the nation and including here in town. I've seen both of you at different rallies on occasion, even on a street corner holding the signs at the um, the street corner protests, which um, seen a lot of people out there. Um, but there really is a divide in the community between the, um, the the Blue Lives Matter people and basically what I see more as the younger generations that see the needed change and accountability amongst police. So how do you both see drawing a balance here? And I know you know I speak as a survivor of police violence here at the hands of the police. Um, I was a recipient of a settlement here in the city. I was placed in a chokehold, um, kicked in the face, uh, called a faggot. And all this was in my own house. So this is coming from a survivor of police violence that's looking to you guys for what you may do. So um, where do you see drawing this balance? We'll start with Lamar and then again, we'll go to um, Monica. I disagree with your premise. I don't believe that there's a divide. I believe that there's a small group of people who believe that uh, saying Black Lives Matter or changing things as a result of Black bodies being victims of police brutality 
are offensive to them. And I don't know, I can't tell you why. I don't understand that notion. I don't know why in the face of Black Lives Matter saying that Black Lives Matter as well somehow is is the opposite of saying, oh no, blue lives or police officers' lives. I don't know how we got to that point. But I can tell you the election results demonstrate that there is no divide. The community is very clear on where we want, need to go, and that's police reform. And the idea that somehow that what happened in George Floyd, that what happened uh, to George Floyd was something unique in that moment, in that time, in that location, and that we're all supposed to just pretend that that doesn't happen anywhere else is ridiculous. And the idea that we're just going to draw a line around Antioch and say that, no, no, everything's fine here, look the other way, is ridiculous. But I have found very concerning, Frank, is that in bringing up these uh, concepts, bringing up these ideas, looking to, to create change, is the is even and even I'm responsible for this because I've been on the city council for four years. Is that we I started to recognize that we really have no police accountability here in the city of Antioch. We as council members are the about the accountability check for the police department, and I can't tell you when I've thought in my four years as a city council member where we where I have felt that we have done something that holds police officers accountable or some measure to bring forward that that uh, that creates transparency and scrutiny, whatever it may be that that allows for the independent investigations of uh, of complaints of police brutality. We don't do any of that. And so as I reflect, I'm guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. But our police department has gone unchecked for 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 however long. And I'm not afraid to say that anymore because we've had a debate about this. And it seems to me that the overwhelming results of the election demonstrate and in particularly here in District 1, we have someone who's coming onto the council council uh, now that is unapologetic about calling herself a radical. And and we have to take note. And people voted for her. Uh, and so we can't be afraid to call out what, what, what we've ignored for a long time. And so I'll tell you that I have nine issues that I'm going to be announcing next week uh, in terms of my mayoral uh, transition advisory team. Uh, one of them is going to be police reform. Uh, it will include a uh, retired police captain from San Francisco, Con Johnson, who is a, who is a, uh, who is a resident here in, in Antioch. But um, I, I hope that we can advance ideas like independent investigations of police complaint. I, not I hope. We are going to talk. We are going to bring those issues to the council. We are going to do something about it. Uh, and, and we'll see where it goes. But the independent investigation of police uh, complaints is going to be key. The uh, the demilitarization of our police department, that tank, I just I, to me, it symbolizes everything that is wrong with uh, police and community relations. It, to me, it just looks like it says we'll turn on you when we need to. And that's not right. Uh, and so there are a host of other things we have to look at. Listen, there were nonsense th thrown out throughout this campaign about me owning all of these protesters and me having the power, Frank, to make people starve themselves in front of the police department. Obviously, you and I know that's a ridiculous notion, but I'm not going to have protesters sleeping outside of my house. I'm not going to have protesters constantly uh, uh, reminding us that there, that, that, that there are some personnel folks at, at the police department that we need to take a look at. People aren't happy. And so to turn a blind eye to that, I think is irresponsible. So you know, I, I'm not going to get into who should who should stay and who shouldn't, because I don't think that's my role. That's the city manager's role. That's the police chief's role. But I do have a voice and I, and I do I do control the agenda as it relates to what issues will come. And, and so we'll have to work out 
what we need to do because I'm just I am I I have some serious concerns that have to do with who we represent. And we represent the public. We don't represent unions. We represent the public. And so that we're we're accountable to them and we're responsible to them. Thank you, uh, Lamar. And Monica, you want to add anything to that? <laughs> sure. First of all, this all didn't start with just George Floyd. Uh, you talk to my mom, you know, well, this has been going on since Emmett Till, you know, and so, you know, this is this has been going on for quite some time. But, you know, I do have to agree that we need to and I'm I'm all for how do how do how do I improve myself and how do I improve the city that I'm in? And just because you step back and say, I want to improve this or I want to take a second look at this or I want to take a much closer look at this doesn't it does not equate to I think this is horrible and you are bad people. It means, hey, how do we become better? How do we become better than we are right now? So looking at accountability and police policy and police reform is me saying, hey, I want to take a look at this. I want to take a really close look at it and see, A, hey, we may be doing some things right, but B, there may be things in here we're doing wrong that we need to improve upon. I mean, for me in particular, and I'm going to go back to the being the advocate, is how do we stop criminalizing people who are vulnerable, such as our, our homeless population, our mentally ill, or people who are being trafficked who feel... I don't want to see a police officer. I want to see somebody that knows specifically what I'm going through. And as you know, as we look across the nation, we see all of a sudden police departments taking on more and more and more and getting stretched and stretched and stretched when really they really need to be, you know, looking at what their core focus is and not taking on the, the job of a social worker. And, you know, one of the things I'm really going to push for, and I talked about this in my campaign, is looking at a separate group that will work alongside the, our police department that will go out in instances where somebody who is who is having a breakdown, a uh, mental breakdown, or having a, a, knowing that they need help and they're calling out saying, I need help, and making sure that who goes to them helps de-escalate that and not criminalize them, criminalize that. I mean, that's that's definitely something I'm I'm gonna really be looking at and wanting to bring, you know, bring back to council and and making sure that they, that gets passed because it, I, there's much better ways we can do this. And also, and, and going back to, you know, the community wasn't divided. I have to agree with Mayor-elect Thorpe is the community was very decisive on who they voted for and who they chose to be on council. And we, you know, again, we can't just take the the loud cries of a few over the um, the maybe softer cries of the majority who's saying, no, I know this group over here is yelling something, but no, we all over here feel differently. I mean, as council members, we have to take into account everybody's view. Just because this group may be happy with something, the group, this other group over here is like, no, I feel that this is this is wrong. How are we going to take a look at it? And we have to take a look at it, and we have to like take a look at all sides. Wow! So this is amazing to me to hear this coming from. Um my local city officials, as you guys know, I have been um, speaking mm -hmm. out about my case, which happened in 2009. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, it does go back. It goes back as far as our history goes back as the United States. And um, this is pre and Franklin. That last voice you heard was uh, vice mayor elect Monica Wilson. And sitting across the table from her is our mayor elect uh, Lamar Thorpe to um, city council people that have uh, taken another step in their political careers here in Antioch. And um, we were at the Rivertown Resource Center in downtown Antioch. Well, let's go on and touch on a few more things before we run out of time, because Lamar, you mentioned something that I want to talk about. And that is a look at our local elections here. It looks like 
quite a shakeup in some ways, but a lot of the same players in other ways, but with some possible newcomers. We have current school board member, now clerk elect Ellie Householder coming in um, here in District 1. As you did mention, we may have Tamisha Walker come in. I'll let you uh, talk about that more in a minute. Who would replace um, current member Joy Motts? And I know Lamar and Monica that you were close to Joy because you guys have worked with her um, on many projects for um, the last few years here. So let's start there. How is District 1 between Tamisha and Joy looking? And talk about what it will mean to you both to lose Joy, um, someone who you know and have worked with, but at the same time um, gain this young, intelligent black woman who has big hopes, as you mentioned, Lamar, and is not afraid to speak about them and a will to do the work. As we can see, um, she worked on her campaign and she may be our next district one council person so right absolutely we were for joy uh and joy has been an instrumental figure in the community not only on the school board as a former school board member but as a uh, as a uh, as a council person she brought me to the party when it came to homelessness and better and opening my eyes to homelessness and not only that i'll have to say she brought me she and monica brought me to the party when it comes to politics they brought me to the dance so <laughs> Uh, now, some people may say, oh, those are just political allegiances. No, those are people I respect and who have respected me. And so that's why I was for joy. But I was certainly we and we were certainly not against people. Uh, people had a right to run their own races. And Tamisha run ran a heck of a race uh, in district in district one. And I think we were in the entire time pretty well aware of that. Uh, and the voters have spoken. They have made their choice very clear. As I've said to joy in private and I and I'll say it in public. Uh, I think the vote against police reform and I think the vote for SROs, school resource officers. That's what did it for me. And I'm yeah. district one. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I, I think that's what did it at the end of the day. Uh, the climate was just not not there for that. I mean, those, are, you know, SROs are an old idea of the 1990s. And that's uh, school resource officers putting right. police and in so the schools. I think that that did it. But I want to be clear. We were for joy. It's not that we were against it, but we were for joy. I think we've gained a partner in the city council. I, I know Tamisha, but I don't know her personally. We've spoken on a number of occasions, but we don't really have like a working relationship together. So I can't speak to, to her beyond that. But she, I can say she ran a hell of a campaign. Right. <laughs> and Monica, so how are you feeling? I know that like Lamar, you guys were um, closely connected to Joy. And I even feel sad that she's going, you know, and I didn't even vote for her. Um, so it's just, you know, that's how it goes. And for mm -hmm. me, like Lamar said, it was the um, like the stomach punch. I felt like with the ad hoc on the police reform mm -hmm. when there, she was such a supporter with the youth um, services and the homeless um, issue that we know how the ad hocs work. And I felt like it was either about a pressure or I don't know what it was, but that is what did it for me in the SRO. So how are you feeling in this moment of maybe um, losing Joy here, but gaining Tamisha? I'm sad to see Joy go. I mean, Joy's always been a, a big supporter of mine. I've supported her. She supported me when I started um, five years ago, uh, a breakfast for the high school, the young women in high school in East County that I wanted to, you know, provide a great speaker for these young women that um, that they can feel inspired by and had this idea. And Joy was like one of the first people to jump on and supported me ever since. So Joy, the support, support for, from Joy was always there. And she's always been a really good listener when I needed her, you know, needed somebody to talk to about things. Um, however, you know, I had to disagree with those two votes. And that was something I heard, you know, when I was out 
you know, working this campaign, I heard consistently, you know, and unfortunately, you know, people in the city felt very differently than that. So yeah. um, sorry to see Joy go, you know, with any new council member. I remember being the new council member hey. back in 2012 and nobody expected me to get on council. And, uh, you know, I came in and people were in the council at the time was very welcoming for me. And um, sometimes it's it's hard being the new, new person coming on, but, you know, um, as we've welcomed other new council members in the past, I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming her. I'm opening open to hearing her ideas, and hopefully she'll be, you know, will want to work with us and and work with the council as a whole on those ideas. And you know, we're on council to uplift each other. So I'm looking forward uh, to seeing um, how she grows in the position. Great, great. I'm very excited about this too, and um, I feel like I'm a big winner in local po local politics. So it's it's been a long time for me, and it's just like I'm feeling really good. So um, we have Ellie Householder who made a lot of waves on the school board. Um, one of its, I think its youngest member, um, fought to have the pride flag raised at the school district building. Um, she's been a vocal supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement, and now she may be our next city clerk, and it's getting close. Um, what does that position entail, Lamar? And um, a lot of people may not know the role of a city clerk. And how do you both see working with her in that position? Well, the role uh, can be ceremonial or it can be very technical. Our current city clerk is, is a, I would say, a technocrat, perhaps, uh, which is fine. Um, so, you know, it requires, you know, um, taking the minutes for the meetings. It requires that you serve as the elections official locally. All right. uh, you serve as the city's records clerk. So all the records that are kept in the city go are processed by the city clerk's office uh, and a few other functions that the city clerk does. One area where I have found uh, uh, frustrating is that the city clerk's con position can pay more can play a more outward position, particularly around uh, youth engagement uh, and, and, and particularly the registration of, 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 uh, of residents. There are some areas. District 1's voter participation currently is 66%. District 4 was at 77%. Ooh. District uh, 3 was at 76%. And so there's a lot of work to do here in downtown to re-engage people. And, you know, Ellie grew up in, in the Sycamore community. She's talked about how no politician has ever come out there to talk to anybody. And so that's why I think it's important for her to be the face of the city clerk's office, uh, because we need someone who's not afraid and unapologetic about raising youth voice. Uh, she's done it at the school system uh, and, in, and in some instances about racial justice and what that means in the electoral process. And so I'm excited to have to have Ellie. She's another one like Tamisha, where she was unapologetic about being on the defund the police train. I was like, I don't want to be on that train. Could leave me <laughs> out of it, uh, even though they tried to tie me to it. But uh, she was unapologetic. And, and I think, you know, her race and Tamisha's race really speak to, I think, the changing uh, demographics of Antioch. And if people are don't understand that, then they're just going to continue to be on they're going to continue to be the face of everything that is wrong with Antioch. Do you want to add anything, Monica, about your um, maybe possibly working with Ellie? Excited to 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 see her coming uh, on as our new city clerk. Uh, that's that's the one thing about city clerk. People don't know what that position entails, so that's why you have a tendency not to see people run for that. So I was really happy to see that she stepped out for it. Another thing people don't realize is it's also the, um, the responsibility of the city clerk to put out there that the openings of our boards and commission and educating the public on our boards and yeah. com what they do. Because yeah. I think 
I'm going to go down a whole nother path. I think a lot of people are kind of shy about applying for our boards and commissions because they think either A, they're not qualified or B, they're not 100% sure what they do. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she really promotes that and get people to become more involved um, on that level as well. So it's going to be an interesting journey with her. Wow, this is very exciting. Well, we have a few minutes left. And one thing I didn't really get into, but I want to just kind of touch on it. We know we're having a change in our whole political uh, climate here. Um, for both of you, what are your hopes uh, for changes and what are your concerns uh, with possible shenanigans when it comes to see that um, the man in the White House uh, may not make a smooth transition up to inauguration? So first of all, what are your hopes and dreams that might come out of a Joe Biden presidency? Because I know a lot of people were more voting against a candidate than they were voting for a candidate. That was the case in me because I voted third party. But, you know, for what are you hoping for that now that Trump is out? And then what are your concerns that the stink that he's raising that he may not leave? Lamar. Well, well, President Trump is going to leave. He doesn't have a choice. Uh, and uh, I think a, pre a president like Biden has been doing everything uh the right way so far uh, in terms of coming out and, you know, talking to the nation and, and, uh, and, you know, not uh, participating in, in, I guess, the pity party of President Trump. Um, but, you know, uh, President Trump still has a few more weeks, a few more months to, to, to hold his constitutional office that people did elect him to do. So I only hope and pray that he does the right thing the last couple of weeks and, and he goes out on a high note and not a low note irrespective of our politics. Um, I didn't vote for him the first time. I didn't vote for him the second time. But I always respected that he was the president because he did win as much as I didn't like that. Uh, and 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 his election, and, and some people may disagree with this, but his election really proved that the rule of law does work. The rule of law, in fact, works. And we will see the rule of law work when he's not in office anymore. <laughs> because... Uh, I think some people painted a doom and gloom scenario, but there are too many checks and balances in our system for it to become a, a totalitarian authoritarian position. It can't it doesn't work that way here in, in the United States. And so I, I'm relieved that we got through the last four years and that the rule of law, in fact, does work. All right. And Monica, how about you? What are you looking forward to in these next four years? Um, now that these last four years are hopefully soon behind us. And then do you have any worries about his shenanigans that he's claiming that he's he's the winner well first of all i want to give a big shout out to my h uh, my howard university alum kamala harris yeah <laughs> uh, unknown fact i was a freshman at howard university when she was a senior so we overlapped by a year all right didn't cross paths because it's such a big university but had to give a shout out to a fellow bison yes um looking very looking forward to these next four years looking forward to where the country goes from here um, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. I know over these last four years, and you know, in particular talking to my mom, who will, this month, she's going to get on me, but this month will be 82 years old, grew up in the Carolinas, grew up in segregation, knew what it's like to experience, you know, racism. And, you know, oh, over these last four years, watch her slowly but surely get really depressed about what she was seeing and where our country was heading to the point where she said, I'm concerned for my grandchildren that they'll go through what I went through. So it's really uplifting now to see her feel like I feel positive change is coming. I'm really looking forward to what's 
happening, what's going to be happening. So I am looking forward to the uh, Biden-Harris administration on what they what they plan to do, how to bring how to bring us forward, how how to uh, how to work with other countries that now have looked at us over the last couple of years going, well, I don't know about the United States to, hey, you know what, we're ready to work with the United States again. How, you know, and how they cultivate these relationships. I mean, as electeds, we have to be cultivators of uh, relationships and cultivators of good communication and, and, and making, you know, making things work when, when not everybody sees, uh, sees everything the same. And I mean, how boring would life be if we all saw the things, saw everything as the same and that we all have different perspectives, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's, it's, we're, we're going into some good, uh, some good times, some really good, good times going forward. All right. Yes. Let's hope that's true. And again, congratulations to both of you. And I'm going to leave you out with this. I don't want no one to take it personally because I know you guys are, um, politicians here and you've been elected and i will say to you both that i kind of hold politicians in the same place that i hold like alcoholics and addicts in my life right um in the sense that i will work with you and work for you um to meet our similar goals you know and i will fight beside you and for you and with you for those goals but i'm gonna keep like a little iron dome over my heart and my <laughs> my person in case the relapse happens right because we know relapse happens and um I won't try to take it personally, but um, I would be let down in some cases. So I want you to know um, when you work in this field, not everyone is going to be happy all of the time. You can't make everyone happy all the time. So, yes, I'm looking forward to your time as Mayor Lamar and um, continued time as City Council and Vice Mayor Monica. And personally, I feel like I was a big winner. I mentioned this earlier in local politics. I feel like um, not only do I have a voice, um, but more importantly, that someone will actually hear that voice and even more so um, possibly react to that voice. Because I know I've seen you guys for many years when I'm speaking from the podium sometimes, and it seems like it's just a one way thing. So, um, again, congratulations. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. Thank you. Looking forward to it, too. <laughs> And again, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for pictures and to connect with our archive shows. Our executive producer is Miss M, and our production consultant is Joy Moore. I have been your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin. I am also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening tonight. And everyone, remember, please protect your health and your humanity and stay tuned to kpfa because up next is londa bajita peace